Hello, and welcome to episode 49 of Flicks and the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, Forever Noise, the man, the myth, codename Waikiki, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. It smells spicy. Okay. That's actually on target. Normally, I have no idea what the hell you're going to say or what you're talking about, but that is <laughs> that is on target, because I, I mean, well, they'll find out soon enough, but on this week's episode, we're going to discuss Creed 2, The Last Action Hero, the time frame of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I rewatched Jurassic World, and the most successful animated movie opening of all time, all before diving into our flick of the week, Hotel Artemis. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Uh, we are drinking Ballast Point Habanero Sculpin, which is an India Pale Ale with habanero peppers added. And is apparently spicy and scent. You know, it's funny because <laughs> I usually try and make oh. it some, somewhat topical. <laughs> <laughs> I usually try and make my uh, my intro somewhat topical, whether or not you'll be able to figure out exactly where I'm going with it. I do try and surprise you, whether it be yeah. a big surprise or a little surprise. Yeah. Um, you do a good job. Although you keep me I, did, I do. I try. Although I, I actually didn't have anything for this one because I don't like try and write something first. Just like if I think of something in the hours leading it up to it is what happens. I get yeah, that's fine. That's fine. And I was actually just going to go with a simple hello until I smelled the beer. I was like, mm, it smells a little spicy. Let's go with that. <laughs> it's like you might not realize it. This show, though, like I, I spend time during the week, like reading out stories and things that I find interesting. And then I slowly add the ones that I think that'll make the cut. But really, it all kind of gets cobbled together within like the last day before we record. <laughs> oh, me too. But, it, you know, it what it comes down to is it's largely since we try to record a couple of nights before it's going to be out. And sometimes yeah. when, when we can, we end up an episode or two ahead. So we're weeks ahead. Which is I nice. try and find something that's going to be relevant as far as not that it would be breaking news per se, but if it's going to be an old story, oh I usually don't bother unless it's something that I think we'll find particularly interesting to discuss. I've, I've got a plan. When we get ahead again, so like right now we're we're like hot on the tail of the release of the episode <laughs> but, um, of the last episode, but uh, once we have like a cue, let's start trying to break news. <laughs> like, like, let's just make things up and see if we're right two weeks later. Oh, I thought you were just going to go with reckless speculation, but you want to go full-on fabrication. Yeah. I mean, with the hopes of it becoming real. <laughs> oh, we're going to wish it into existence. We're gonna, yeah, I'm going to will get... it. We're not too old for this shit. <laughs> I can get on board for that. Okay. Awesome. Shall we give this sucker a taste? Sure. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. I almost knocked the bottle down. That would... That would have not been well. Oh, that has hot pepper in it. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. Um, feel like I shouldn't like it, but I do. <laughs> it's um, you know, you know when you open up like a bag of jalapeno chips, and you get and you get punched in the face by the <laughs> the air that's like packed in there that is. You lost me on that one. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's that it's the jalapeno scent. It's in the bag. The bag has got the it's got the air pumped in there. You open it up, the air comes wafting out into your face. <laughs> that happened when I poured this towards my lips, and then uh and then it hit me right in the back of the throat. <laughs> that that heat. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's good though. It's spicy with you. It's like it's like I feel like it's sweet and spicy though. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it is a little on the stronger side for a beer. It's 7%. Not that that's anything crazy. Um, 
But um, yeah, and it's funny because you it doesn't really taste like not like habanero has a particularly like flavorful right. like, taste, but it's got that customary afterburn to it. Mm-hmm. And it like it doesn't get you for a few seconds, and then it quickly ramps up, and it's like, oh, how fast is this? How how hot is this gonna get? And this uh, as right. it's like really exponentially like building on me. Right, and it's like you know, it goes from like ah, oh, that's okay, to the barbecue sauce at your father at, that we put together <laughs> at your house that one time. Um, also featuring uh, also featuring habaneros that time. This is not yeah, nearly that spicy. That was the hottest thing that I have ever had. <laughs> Um, it is definitely top two or three for me as well. And I only blame myself because I was a party to the creation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, I, I, you went in with both eyes open. My, it was yeah, not a which, you know, which is why they burned by the end. But, um, my, <laughs> my fingers were on fire for like days. <laughs> no, my fingers were fine. It was just my lips. Well, and I, cut, I, and cut the, I cut the habaneros without gloves. And See, they, I typically were... do that too, and it doesn't bother me. The only time it bothers me is if I have to do anything with my contacts. That's fair. That's fair. Except those habaneros were a special breed of hell. <laughs> that was just they were. That is the hottest thing that we've that we've made for sure. So yeah, we've never been able. We've actually tried to kind of replicate it, even something approaching that, and we've never gotten even close. Right. And we all finished our sandwiches, but they were all very hot. Very. Hot. I had more of that sauce throughout the week. We had a bunch of it left over. I mean, the, you know what's screwed up about it? Like, a lot of times you'll have a hot sauce, and it's just hot. But that tasted really good. Yeah, so you delicious. had this, it was this battle <laughs> between I enjoy the flavor and I want to die. <laughs> it, it was rough. No, that's um, true. A lot of times the hottest thing you've ever had often doesn't taste very good, and it's just right, a punishment. Right. This was exquisite, delicious pain. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was good. It was, it was wildly too hot though it was i mean it was, it was unacceptable by all accounts <laughs> yeah but uh no this is uh this is good though i mean it tastes like an ipa um it's hoppy it's got the <clears throat> the characteristic sculpin you know west coast type of ipa like flavor and aroma to it it just also has a lot of heat in it one day you're gonna make a spicy beer and we're gonna call it dad's barbecue sauce <laughs> and it's going to incinerate the mouths of people that taste it. <laughs> I can look into that. The first thing I want to master is I want to do a pumpkin beer this fall. Oh, nice. That'll be fun. So that'll go a long way towards learning how to do that properly. I guess we're going to have to have a pumpkin beer tasting then. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, start, start start collecting in uh, July or whenever the pumpkin beers start. Uh, right. We have, we have to bring back the party. Because much like Christmas, it starts entirely too early each year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this, um, I'm always a fan of the bottle art. Uh, they have a, what, what is this fish called that's on all their bottles? Um, koi, not koi fish. Is it a koi fish? No. No. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I always assumed fat mouth fish. <laughs> I always assumed that it was a sculpin, and that's why. Oh, is that what I, is that what it's called? I don't know. Uh, I, anyway. I don't know if, what a sculpin is. I always assumed what it is, but you know what it reminds me of um, whenever I see it is. Do you remember? Episode um, one. No. <laughs> okay. There's always a no. fish. <laughs> uh, Deuce Bigelow, the fish that he puts in the blender oh, on accident. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the one. That's right what there. it looks like. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, but I was I wasn't even gonna go towards that part of the label, but at the top I was actually curious. There's this little instrument on the neck, the bottle, the bottle neck, 
and it's yes. also on the cap. What is that thing called? I've uh, seen believe, that before. I believe that's a sextant. Sextant. Is it, do you use that in maps and cartography? Uh, I believe it's used for navigation of ships. Okay. Navigation of old, old wooden ships. <laughs> Buster would use it to navigate the green of the map. <laughs> so the blue is the land and the brown is the water. Well, obviously, the blue is the land. <laughs> I, love uh, I have development. just looked it up on the internet and can confirm that this is a sculpin fish. Awesome. Very cool. Um, I li- also like that at the bottom of the bottle it says, heat may vary, and I'm curious which of us got the worst one. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's probably pretty consistent bottle yeah. or within one batch. Sure. Um, sure. But uh, each time that they make it, I'm sure it's different. It's a uh, it's getting warmer as I drink it. Well, the thing about hot stuff, the oil and stuff that 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 creates that sensation is mm-hmm. it builds the more of it you have in your mouth, and it and it stays, and it's hard to render it inert. That's why. And like, if you drink more or you drink water with it, like thinking it'll cool you off, it actually makes it worse because it, it spreads it around it. To other yeah. parts of your of your mouth. So. Right. Except the heat is not in my mouth as much as it is in my throat. <laughs> yeah. No, you're gonna get you're gonna get the heat in the back of your throat more than in most other hot things to eat. Right. Because you're just like, oh, this is fine, and you're just immediately gulping it down. <laughs> yeah, I almost had like a little cough thing just go on a couple minutes ago. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm terrified. Uh, I'm gonna try very hard not to cough because I have I have notorious for everything to come out of my nose. And I really don't want that to happen with this. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the thing you don't want to have. Um, if you've ever had hot stuff up your nose before, it's very unpleasant. Yeah. I've had, had spaghetti it happen, come out of my nose. I've had it happen a couple times. It's not great. <laughs> I had spaghetti, coffee, roast beef, and carrots. Not at the same time. But <laughs> but they all did come out of my nose at one point. You remember those, like, those little mint like pack things, like... Do you remember any of the ones that were like the the little gel cap ones, kind of like a mini version of like a like an Advil liquid gel type thing? Mm-hmm. You'd pop it into your mouth, and then you would your your saliva would break down the edge of it, and then it would release yeah. the mint like gel stuff. Right. Um, I had a friend snort one of those. No. And then smack his nose to pop it inside there. No. Why? <laughs> <laughs> and I then watch his face turn the darkest red I've ever seen someone's face turn. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it a was bit like much. immediate. Like he just turned beet red, like that quick. <laughs> I uh, you you know Brian, who I yeah. did the shit show with for a while there. I uh, at the pizzeria, he just full on bit into a giant habanero. <laughs> like he just nice. he just ate a chunk of it and. Uh, we we were concerned. We were concerned that we were gonna have to bring him somewhere because it was it was pretty rough. He was he, it looked like his face was gonna swell up. I've never too like, much. taken like a hunk of it like that. I had eaten raw habanero before. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. like you know like a slice. Yes, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I've never taken like a bite out of one. Sure. Same. Yeah, it, it's still a mistake. <laughs> this is good. I like this, and I actually I would like to try. I've seen like habanero uh, margaritas. I'd like to try that. Yeah, I believe I've told you a couple times right about having the jalapeno margarita. Yeah, I actually almost bought them uh, a while back, but ended up finding something else that sounded interesting. <laughs> so I'll have to pick them up one day. Yeah. So this is not my first. Actually, I think I had one. There used to be one that they would bring out occasionally at Newburgh since they've gotten a lot bigger and do a lot more stuff 
they haven't made it in a long time, but they had a chili lime stout. Mm. And it wasn't very good. It was not very good. Chili lime immediately makes me go, hmm. And then it took a minute for me to register that you said stout. (laughs) And I don't want it. Well, it didn't look like a stout because of whatever else was going on inside of there. Mm, Okay. Um, It was a lot lighter in color than you'd expect a stout to be. But it wasn't good, but it was the type of thing where it's like you go there a lot and you drink it because they made it. And you're kind of like part of a little club there. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So where do you stand on this beer? Something you would get again? Um, it's definitely something I wouldn't have problem drinking again. I don't know that I'd necessarily just go out and be excited to buy it, like buy a six-pack of it. Sure. Uh, it is the type of thing where it's kind of like a cool little thing that maybe you would use it and like pair it with something. Or if it's like, you know, if, if you're doing a thing where you're getting a group of people together to bring a bunch of different beers together. Yeah, or be like, if you do If you've never had it before, like yeah. you should try this type of deal. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's worth it for something specific like that. I think if you if you're gonna do a tasting, um, like if we were doing like one of those pumpkin beer tastings and it was not pumpkin beers, like this would be on the on the docket for something to try out. Yeah, it's a it's a conversation piece. I would probably pour some of this in chili, and see how that comes out. That would be kind of cool. That's that'd be a cool way to incorporate. It. I mean, this is a little bit more expensive of a beer that you'd use for cooking purposes than normal, yeah. but. Well, I honestly, I mean, I'll get through this entire bottle because we're going to be on the show for a while and we're going to be drinking as we go. But I would probably like pour this in the glass, drink some of it, and I, while I'm making the chili, and then yeah, be like, all right, cool, and then dump the rest of it <laughs> and want uh, it add to the flavor. So nice, good, good job. It's not a failure. It's not the best one we've had. It's actually good. I just wouldn't wouldn't necessarily pick it. Yeah, I just did it because I had a few of them on hand, so I knew I could get you and me one. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you, and I dig it. Thank you. Thank you for this uh, this wild ride. Um, <laughs> Creed 2. Are you a fan of the Rocky movies? Um, I'm not not a fan of them. I'm going to be... This is, this is the part where it's like, you don't like movies. People like to say that to you when you say you haven't seen something um, that they've seen. But I don't know that I've seen all the Rocky movies. I've seen the fourth one, and I I've thoroughly not enjoyed it. <laughs> I've definitely not seen all of them. Um, I've seen all of the first one, mm-hmm. but it's been a long time. Right. I think I've seen the first one years ago. And, like, I've seen bits of it and two and three, and where it's, like, you know, where you start to kind of, they all become one, and you forget what's, which is part of which. Yeah, that's fair. It's just... one of those ones that I probably should go back and watch the original one. The only one that I, I've, as an adult or close to an adult, sat and watched all of is um, Rocky Balboa. Okay. Uh, which was fun. It was a solid movie. I, I ended up enjoying it. I didn't have much in the way of expectations for it. Right. Um, but I remember I went with people who wanted to go see it. So, um, And I have not had a chance to sit down and watch Creed yet, but I've heard it's very good. Um I, yeah. It's something that eventually I'll try and get to. That's a. Uh, it's funny. Like I, I think I've seen. I, I know I've seen the first one. I don't know when, and I feel like I've probably seen it more than once. But I couldn't really recall a lot of it for you because so it's probably been a while. I could tell you for a fact I've not seen the second or third one, and I've definitely seen the fourth one. <laughs> I did not see the what was Balboa was the fifth one. No, I think that was the sixth one. Sixth one. There was five Rocky, like numbered, like Rocky to Rocky five. I didn't see five. Um, I did see Creed, and I really, really enjoyed it. That was just 
Uh, it was one of those things where like my friends wanted to see it, and I was like, I really want to see it because the movie does look really good to me. Um, I'm not going to have any of the background context because I've got no recollection of anything that's happened before. But I don't think I need, needed it, and I don't think I was any worse off. Um, but the movie was really solid. The reason I'm bringing this up is as I was going through some stories this past week, uh, I saw a poster for Creed 2, and I was like, oh, didn't know it was think, a thing. I think they just released it, right? Because I saw it yeah. today, too. Yeah. And I didn't know it was a thing or didn't know it was even coming. Uh, and I was like, oh, Well, the only reason I exciting. know particularly that it's a thing is because didn't so didn't Stallone kind of push Coogler to the side and isn't he directing it? I have no idea. I don't, I have no, no information about it. I just saw it pop up and I kind of got excited. Cause you know, it was directed by Ryan Coogler, right? I didn't know that. No. Yeah. That was like the whole thing is him and, um, Michael B. Jordan have worked together a few times now for fail station that mm-hmm. black Panther. Um, and it was probably a big reason for why it was so successful. Um, and I, I think he, I think a few months after, you know, so big and so successful, everyone was like, oh, you know, are they, is Coogler going to come back, this and that? And I thought that the rumor was that Stallone wanted to direct the sequel mm. to it. And I, I think that's how it, I'm going to look it up now so that I don't completely speak out of turn, but I, I think that he kind of, oh no, so it's being directed by Stephen Capel Jr., who I, I'm not familiar with, but, um. There was rumors like a while back that Stallone was going to take it over oh. now. But Coogler is not attached to it. He's got a writing credit, but it's just for characters. Interesting. Well, I would say uh, the reason I'm excited, though, is uh, I feel like you probably feel the same way at this point. I will see anything with Michael B. Jordan. Um, I don't have that sort of attachment to him. No, I, uh, I, I want to fo- I wanna I follow his career. Yeah, I want to see everything that he's coming out in because I... I do think he's a really solid actor, and and he's also really funny in yeah. a lot in a lot of things. So excited to see that! I'll definitely check that out when it comes out. Maybe we'll do one of those uh, when that comes out. Maybe we'll we'll do the relevant episode when that's out. But at the same time, we'll do like a, a one and two type thing because they probably wouldn't stand on their own for one of our episodes. Maybe not. Um, I'm sorry. I was just uh, laughing because. You said that um, that Michael B. Jordan's funny, and did, did you see that thing on Twitter when um, Black Panther came out? And there was this one like teenage girl who was like, "When he takes his shirt off in Black Panther, I grit my teeth so t- tight that I like I broke my braces or something oh, like God. that." <laughs> and, and people were like retweeting it and shit like that. And Michael B. Jordan was like, "Hey, sorry about that. Let me pay for your braces." That's great. That's great. Love it, awesome. Uh, so, do you, is there a date on that? Do you have that up? By any chance? Uh, it comes out this year, so there has to be. So, I was just looking. It, it looks like the it was written by the screenplay is written by Stallone and Shio Hadari Coker, who is the showrunner of Luke Cage. Oh, okay, November twenty um, first. Yes, that'll be out. Cool. We'll have to check that one out. Uh, next on the docket, this is. Not super relevant to the time, just something that I want to do at some point. Uh, I came across an article and I added it to the Flipboard magazine for flicks. Uh, but there was like a bunch of facts about The Last Action Hero. And I love that movie so much. Well, we talked about it um, several episodes yeah. ago, didn't we? Yeah, it, it's actually, it's probably been like a year. <laughs> but yeah. Has we it been don't. that long? Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, but I would really like to do an episode on that movie one day. Well, that'll be like one of those times where like, Nothing's really hitting during the week, and we don't need anything new specifically to go after. We'll 
Maybe we'll sit down, watch that, and go through it. I would I would really like to watch that one together again and refresh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then do an episode on it. But that's a that's a fun movie. Um, and if you get a chance, go back and read that article. There's some there's some interesting things throughout there about like stuff that happened during the production and basically how the movie was doomed <laughs> from the beginning to not make money. <laughs> interesting. But uh, moving on, Guardians three. Get the time yeah, I saw it. a story about that this week. Did you read the the like how we find out what the time frame is? Um, I skimmed it just to see the quote from James Gunn. So yeah, what is it? It's like it's after, right? Yeah, is that, which is just the greatest like short and sweet quote of all time. But yeah, like nerds are blowing up about this. Like like oh, is it going to be before? Like they're they're losing their minds. It's like just like let this play out. Just. Knock it off. It's great. Everything's great right now. <laughs> also, it's pretty obvious it's going to be after. Yeah. So it's just like, but when is this movie going to take place? And it was just like a three-word like tweet <laughs> response that it like that it comes after or something like that. But it was just so funny to me. And I was curious what your take is on that. Did you expect that? I did. It sounds yeah. like you did as well. I mean, of course I did. It, um, it could have come before. There was there was a time frame between the last Not one. much. It seems pretty obvious that they're picking up not terribly long after Guardians 2. Not terribly long, but enough time for Peter to come down from that crazy situation that his mind had to go through. And then uh, them to be in this groove of doing what they do. I don't know. Well, because in, in some ways, I guess what I would say is it still seemed like Mantis was an outsider. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's and right. it's still Teenage Groot. Mm-hmm. So that's true. That is true. Yeah. But anyway, I, I don't care. Like they'll whatever they do, I'm sure I'm gonna love it. I love those movies, and like I said, I have to. I, we I, at some point we do need to watch these all of them, not in one sitting, because I'm not a crazy person. Oh, <laughs> sidebar. Damien texted me after he listened to our last episode. DVDs that there is more than one Blu-ray disc. The Lord oh, of the Rings true. extended trilogy. That's a good point. I have them. <laughs> Which is, I was like, how did I forget? And he was like, you probably blocked it from your memory. I was like, good point. <laughs> it We got up to change those <laughs> in between making beers and watching. Well, were those Blu-ray? They, they may have been DVD no, several years it, ago. It was Blu-ray. It was, I brought them. Okay. I, I remember it was either you or Dean, uh, not Damien, uh, you or Michael Warren who had uh, this yeah. picture. Uh, you had had the DVDs and I just figured since you had your Xbox, I would bring the, the Blu-rays. Well, the thing is, um, we when we did it, uh, I had the the DVDs, but they weren't extended. That was the wasn't that the uh, whole point? I thought you had extended ones. No, I have it now on Blu-ray. I didn't at that time. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, there's multiple of each of those movies. So there's three movies where there's at least two Blu-ray discs. That's true. Um, and I'm sure there's more than that. I imagine The Hobbit. Which I really don't understand. There's no reason for them to be multiple. Yeah, it doesn't seem necessary. I would be curious to see like what the size of it is. Though. Like I, can't, I, I thought you could store like, if you wanted to, you could store the whole trilogy on one disc. I'm pretty sure. Well, you could do that, but you're. It also depends on like the quality and how big of a file size it is for all this stuff. I mean, if you're, the intention for something like that is you want to have, a large file with a really solid quality. You're not going to want to dumb it down so sure i'm just surprised that it requires two when i'm pretty sure you could do 
all six of those squashed down into one. If you really maybe they to. did it on purpose so you don't get a blood clot. Like <laughs> they want you to get, get up and, up and change the disc. <laughs> um, I don't know where I was going before that, but I, it was important that we segue there. <laughs> um, can you bring me back? I'm usually good at this. We were yeah. talking Guardians. about the last action here. Oh, Guardians. That's right. And then, um, and then I don't oh, you said you said there. one you wanted to watch all the Marvel oh, ones. Oh yeah, we gotta go through. We do need to watch all the Marvel movies, and we need to come up with a, an official and debated order ranking for all of them. <laughs> That's gonna be a project. <laughs> it's gonna end this show. That's <laughs> it's gonna do, and we're no longer gonna be family when it's over. Uh, <laughs> well, we're gonna have to not do it on air. We're gonna have to like no, build a consensus off air and then talk about it on air. <laughs> we're gonna be back in a month with our list. <laughs> <laughs> only one of us comes back <laughs> someone so quit <laughs> um sweet moving on the other day i decided to rewatch jurassic world in preparation okay. for the new one uh my memories of seeing that in the theater were much more fond than, than that movie deserves it's a fun movie it's a good time it's really bad though <laughs> I don't know about really bad. I would say it's a fun movie, but not necessarily a good movie. It's okay, yeah. Like, but the this the storytelling and the premises is bad. Is it any worse than any of the rest of it? I think so, but I have to go back and watch those to confirm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's the Vincent. I, I didn't think it was egregious, like, and his. Whatever his motivation is, it's just it's just so ridiculous. Wait, what's up? The Vincent D'Onofrio character and whatever his motivation is is just ridiculous. I mean, it's no dumber than any other dumb action movie villain. I mean, it, it's pretty par for the course. I don't know. I you know what it is? I think I just maybe I expect a higher caliber from Jurassic Park, which is probably wrong. I do. I was gonna say. I mean, anything just... after the first one. Is not that high quality, so I think it, it just got hit with a a little bit of reality when I watched it. That it's probably just the nostalgia that makes me so attached to these movies. No, I mean the Vincent D'Onofrio character is it's well that him and that motivation has only been done about five hundred million times on screen. Right. Like <laughs> it's not any more or less bad than any other. Like it, like if you could say like just you have fatigue, like you wish it was better, then I, sure I can get on board with that, but. It's well, pretty standard that that whole story. Like, hey, we have science. We're doing something cool. It seems like it's benevolent and awesome. And nope, they're trying to twist it for war or whatever profit in this and that. That's bad. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's it's par for the course. But you know what it was? Some of the a, a lot of the dialogue, it's it's very campy. And it's like if that was the point, then it's great. But then in the, a, a line is subsequently delivered where I'm like. Wait, is that the point? I don't know what you're going for here. <laughs> like, the, like the the crazy billionaire guy that flies the helicopter. He gets. See, he goes, no, but that that was one of those ones where I feel like it was kind of a wink, wink, nod to the audience. Like, yeah, yeah. we've gone full ridiculous. We turned yeah. the ridiculous meter up to eleven, which is fine. Hang on I, tight and let's go for it. I, I'm okay with it, but I feel like it dips it dips too far back into like trying to be grounded in between those things where I get lost. <laughs> Eh, I don't know. I feel <laughs> like it all like when it goes off the rails, they they t- twisted the throttle open all the way and said, "This is what it's going to be for the rest of the movie." You know what I mean? Is there no one else that can fly a helicopter? We don't need anyone else. <laughs> what? 
what is that? <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a franchise throwing back twenty years to its you know origin in there, throwing back the, <laughs> the spoiler whole thing about the whole that helicopter. Cheesy nineties action movies. Well, yes, but spoiler with that helicopter, that thing blows up a lot when it goes through the glass. <laughs> oh yeah, big time. It's it's intense. Anyway, that, that doesn't. I don't care at that much. I was just it just brought it up. I, I remember liking it a lot more the first time I saw it, but I was probably also like I was very excited. Jurassic Park was back, right? See, um, it's a movie that I think I I properly valued it going in. Mm. I didn't expect it to be a Best Picture nominee. Sure. So I it lived up to everything I thought it was going to be. Big dumb action movie with dinosaurs. In fact, it actually. Over delivered in some ways. In some ways. In some ways. It's I, again. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I. It was just not how I remembered it. <laughs> I mean, it, it it is objectively not a good right movie or a good film if you want right. to classify bad it that film, way. Fun movie, but it's a it's a fun <laughs> good it's dumb fun movie. In yeah. like that, it's an entertaining oh, movie. Another thing, people people get killed like bad in this movie. <laughs> Like I didn't no, know. you know the person. The, you know, there's like one person I definitively feel bad for. In the movie. I know, I and know. It, who it, it was is. that. It was that girl who had to watch yeah. the kids. Yes, she did not deserve that. She did she not deserve any of that. Eaten twice. Like, like yeah, <laughs> that's how she goes out. <laughs> like she was just trying her best in, in an arena that she was not equipped to handle. Right, and really just should not have been there. Like that, is and just... was forced and forced to handle. It wasn't something she volunteered oh for. God. Like with some grandiose like. You know, like, oh, hey, you're going to take care of my nephews and that, whatever. That really struck me the last – when I watched it the other day, I was like, huh, this this scene makes me feel bad. <laughs> yeah, she got a raw deal, man. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm excited for the next one. I don't care. I especially love the fact that the Jeff Goldblum is coming back. Yeah, I'm a little upset, though, because I saw, again, that, way, like – Way too much. The most egregious trailer again. Like, I, they had, like – most of the times I'd seen it again recently, whether it be going to the movies or on TV, it was like that slightly less egregious yeah. one where I'm like, okay, like I can live with this. And then I saw that one again. I'm like, Boo. no, stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You already gave me everything. Um, is that, are we shooting to get that next week? Is that coming out this week? Yeah, it comes out. It's Friday? It's Friday. It's Friday joint? Yeah, Thursday night, Friday, whatever. Sweet. Okay, so we should shoot to get that one for next week. I'm right. going to, Try okay. and like that's what we'll shoot for. If yeah. not, let's uh, we can discuss off air some potential films. Sounds great. Tentatively, Jurassic World 2 Fallen Kingdom next week. Um, the next on our list here is the most successful animated movie opening of all time Incredibles 2, yeah, or Titan AE. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> nice callback. Uh, it is Incredibles 2 with 180 million dollars. Do you know what it bumped out? Uh, oh, what what was previously the yeah. the highest uh, opening weekend? Open animated. I can, I can tell you that it definitely wasn't Mars Needs Moms. Is that a? Is that, really? <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, it's considered like one of the worst like bombs ever. Like, I'm, it was a Disney movie. I'm pretty sure like, it was like. Like, you know, they never bomb on their big animated, like, summer movies. And it was a train wreck. It was a huge budget, and it made no money at all. I don't even remember that coming out. It came out in, like, the last five years. That's pretty funny. I kind of want to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah. I don't um, know what the answer was. Incredibles 2 bumping out Finding Dory. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Which came in at 135 million. I mean, Incredibles 2 blowing it away at 180. <laughs> they're both basically the same thing, right? Like a beloved older animated movie mm-hmm. that after quite a hiatus comes back with a sequel. Right. Yeah, which is great. Obviously, like that just it, having such a fan base like that, you're gonna get a lot of people to go see it. It's great. Um it did edge something out for eighth place of Best opening weekend of all time. Do you have a guess of what that movie was? I do not. It bumped Civil War. Huh. Impressive. Yes. Impressive. Disney's just just crushing box office records. <laughs> you know, as I'm looking at this with Mar- the, the Disney bombing with Marzi and Mom, Marzi's moms, it reminded me that over the course of a couple of years, they had two horrific flops both of them surrounded around mars they should just not go near mars anymore because john carter was also one of like the worst like flops ever did you see that movie no i liked it i remember liking it here yeah i remember really liking it but it's also not memorable at all because i have i don't remember at all what it was about (laughs) yeah i think that i think that one fared better critically okay but still commercially very very unsuccessful we were we were on a road trip uh, to north carolina and we were like didn't have anything to do that night we wanted to see a movie and that was like the only thing out we're like whatever we'll go see this and we all came out of the movie theater like that was really good like, <laughs> like well done that was a great last minute choice <laughs> surprising i don't think i've ever actually heard like in conversation a person register any opinion on that movie yeah but which blowing my mind though was i literally could not tell you what it was about isn't it wasn't he like a Civil War officer that you somehow could, gets... You could tell me the exact plot verbatim, and I would not be able to confirm that. <laughs> this, is a, this is a problem that you've seen the movie and I have not, and I can give you the synopsis like yeah. fairly accurately. I'm pretty sure Taylor Kitsch plays a Civil War officer who somehow gets transported to Mars, and then it beca- basically becomes Avatar on Mars, I think. Kind of. That, okay, that sounds, that sounds right-ish. Or maybe The Last Samurai is more accurate on Mars. I think Avatar on Mars makes makes sense. Well, just because it wasn't the whole like it's not like humans attacking them that he's like betrayed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. Um, I I do want to go rewatch that though because I'm I I do remember thinking very fondly of the movie. But I, dances with wolves on Mars. Oh my god! <laughs> just that soundtrack. That soundtrack will get you jacked up. Um, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, there's one other news story that it didn't list in the show run it's just i'm still i'm still very hurt by it <laughs> oh <laughs> and it's it's the chris hardwick news oh and we're not gonna we're not even gonna get deep into it just i'm just no because we've hardly, done that topic a few times yeah. especially recently um and if you don't know about it it's not that hard to find it's been all over the internet recently though the last few days i unfortunately ruined anthony's day on you really did Friday. honestly out it lasted like a few days and it's still like there's there's times throughout the day where it hits me i'm like god damn it <laughs> so you've ruined me <laughs> well he ruined me but <laughs> yeah, I was, don't blame don't you're the messenger man like that's I, true um i was trying to break it easily for you like just get you like okay with the fact that you then had to go look into what was going on because you were gonna see it it was all over the damn internet all weekend well you you know it's funny you had texted me and you're like ugh chris hardwick and i was like Oh no! Like, and I just assumed that he killed himself based on 
everything else going on. No, and I then, think I followed it up with another text. It, it wasn't right away. Oh. Or if it was, I didn't see it right away. No, I definitely, I, th- I feel like I definitely sent you two things right away, but you didn't text me back for a few hours. Yeah, it, I was, I was working. I just assumed that he had, he had offed himself, and I was like, God damn it, another no, one. No, if, if and, it was that, I would have been a little bit more. Yeah. Well, and then when I found out what happened, I was like, Oh, it's worse. <laughs> like it's, 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 <laughs> it's worse. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's just getting really frustrating because I feel like. I you know I'm afraid to like a personality now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I said is I, I I after this if it was any bit of me that was left where it was like oh you know this person was really surprising to me that they were shitty like that no longer I'm no longer I think gonna be surprised I, really it should have been with Jeffrey Tambor um, yeah. that I should have no longer been surprised by anyone anymore um, but I think this definitely is the final nail in that coffin it's just. I'm just going to assume that everyone is shitty. Right. Until proof otherwise. It's just so disappointing. Moving on. Um, let's go to your nuggets. Let, let's come let's let's bring let's bring it back up with your nuggets. Okay. I have two nuggets. Excellent. Do I have a choice uh, between good and bad? Good and better? Um, I would say one of them <laughs> one of them is good and the other one should elicit a laugh. Ooh, so which okay. one do you want first? Okay. Okay. Uh Let's go good. Okay. So there's been some rumbling the last few days that Billy D. Williams may be reprising his role as Lando in Ooh. episode nine of Star Wars. I still stand by my theory about Lando. What? That he's the master code breaker. <laughs> <laughs> and that he lost his flower lapel thing to that guy. That's it. I'm sticking with it. Yeah, um, I I'm still confused as to why he hasn't been in before this, because He's not, from what I can understand, I don't believe he's on bad terms with Lucasfilm. Um, I can't imagine. He voice. voiced himself yeah. a couple of times on Star Wars Rebels, which was just a few years ago. Yep. He um, he made a point of sitting down and meeting with Donald Glover before he shot for Solo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, So I don't know why he hasn't been in it in this case. And certainly with the untimely demise of... Carrie Fisher, and with the on-screen demise of Luke Skywalker, if they want any connection point that's more than Chewbacca, he's the only real logical conclusion to the old trilogy, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I'm all for it. And now's the time, right? Everyone seemed to like Donald Glover in Solo, so you know his character has further been burnished in people's enjoyment of him in the series. Oh my god, what if Lando's like really pulling the strings? What if, what if this is a crazy twist? <laughs> that he's like the power behind the throne of Snoke? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Snoke's his lackey. <laughs> oh my god. He's just still mad about the Falcon and he wants it back. And that's what this whole thing is about. <laughs> the camera just goes to black at the end of it and who had the last laugh now, Han? Right. <laughs> Han. Han. <laughs> um, that's but, great. Uh, this is a rumor being circulated yeah. by, as uh, quoted here, the normally reliable fan site, Fanthatrax. Really? Um, <laughs> yes. That's great. Um, there's, well, most other storylines have been picked up in episodes episode, uh, seven and eight. Lando has been notably absent, but as 
CBR.com points out Williams has recently been training three times a week and following a strict new diet, which suggests he's getting in shape for a new role. Or he's reprising his role as Harvey Dent. That seems less likely. <laughs> Doesn't do because it, all bets do, are off with that universe. <laughs> unless they're about to announce like a Batman Beyond, then he could do it. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> I like that. Can we make that happen? <laughs> you can, so you can have Keaton back, too. <gasps> you want to get nuts? Come on! <laughs> That's my favorite line of all time. <laughs> well, I thought that was cool. I um, I like Billy D. I like Lando. Yeah. So it That's is going to be weird trying to explain to everyone why he wasn't in the last two. I don't care. They'll do it. It'll be fine. It's gonna. Be I, I'm just saying it's gonna be weird. I'm not saying it's impossible because I definitely. I would really like to see him on screen another time for this. That'll be great. In one of one of his magnificent capes. Oh yes, yes. Or <laughs> if like they, what if they like did it where he was like in the background in that that armor suit, <laughs> and he's not actually in it. <laughs> I'd be messed up. <laughs> Like, uh, actually, it would be perfect if they, like, you know, found him running some place and, you know, he's in his office and he's just, you know, they try and get him back into the fold. And, you know, he does one of those, you know, very purposeful, like, marches around the office while he considers the office <laughs> off the offer. And you see it in the corner and he just, you know, puts his hand on the chest plate of the armor and as he's, you know, and then there's a grin that slowly comes across his face and as he agrees to do the job. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe him and Chewie will fly off into the sunset. And Lobot. Lobot? <laughs> There's like a really weird subculture like in Star Wars on the internet of obsession with the character Lobot, who was his right-hand man with the... Oh, the guy with the ear? And the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. If he comes back too, like if that's like... <laughs> like that's like the writer... Like, he has to come back with him. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. Awesome. Well, all right. So what's the uh, what's the one that's going to elicit a chuckle? Well, before we get to that, um, a brief check-in with this beer. I already told you that it was a little warm in my basement, but this beer is making me sweat a little bit. Interesting. Although, again, some of that is from just me sitting in the basement, and for some reason it's rather warm down here. Yeah, okay. I- I, I'm I'm slowly making my way through this. Normally, like by about now, like I'm finishing up the beer. Yeah, I, I still have a little bit left, but I'm almost done. Yeah. Okay, so our final nugget is recently. So I don't know if you heard that um, Warner Brothers DC had a little shifting of its executives and Jeff Johns, who was kind of in charge. He was kind of the parallel to Kevin Feige with Marvel. Hmm. Why did that happen? He stepped down. He's still involved, but instead of being purely like a producer executive type, I think he's going to move into more actually writing the movies. Because that's how he cut his teeth is as actually writing DC Comics. Right. And they moved some people around. So this is an interview with Warner Brothers chairman Toby Emmerich, who sat down to discuss the DC Extended Universe so far and the road ahead. Oh, God. those are the leading. worst things you could have said at the end of that sentence. Oh, it gets better, which is leading towards the Aquaman solo film later this year. This is um, 
an interview. I think this was a, just a generic interview. Oh, this was with Entertainment Weekly. I'm reading it off Heroic Hollywood. So Toby Emmerich opened up about his philosophy when it comes to the long-lasting success of a film. I think that good movies work better. <laughs> oh my god yes I knew you that's I knew you'd like that cause when I was reading this I was like oh yes tell me what sage wisdom that Toby Emmerich has to bring to the table and I read that and I just started laughing like what are we doing people he just like he stands up in a boardroom meeting and goes wait what if we make it not shit? <laughs> like, if you think that's, that's the embarrassing, pitch. if you think it's embarrassing, or if you think, oh, you know, it surely he can't be serious. This must just be like a wink, wink. Like, he goes on. Somebody once said the best business strategy in motion pictures is quality. And I think in a world of Rotten Tomatoes and social media. What's been proven is the better the movie, particularly in the superhero genre, the better it performs. Oh my god, what is What is happening right now? <laughs> oh my god. He would he goes on to say, I would say that no matter what, the better the movie is, the more advantage it has. He's just saying the same thing over and over again and it's really funny. Like was this serious? Yes, this is all serious. I just want to think that somewhere he's laughing like, <laughs> oh, that interview is funny. <laughs> now, now, when you're, now when you're talking about art, I do believe that it's tough to judge art at the moment and when it's presented to the world. My father was very involved in the arts. He was always taking me to museums and galleries and historical buildings. He believed any kind of art, whether it's fashion or sculpture or architecture or filmmaking or music, it takes 20 years to judge the quality of something. <laughs> 20, 20 years after Sgt. Pepper or Born to Run comes out, then you can understand what that album was. Hang on. I guess I'm going to pause you right there for one second. <laughs> Are you telling me that in 20 years we're coming around on Justice League? This is the ultimate long con. Okay. <laughs> like, the only long Long con I can think of that is more long and more con is like the Kaiser Soze in <laughs> right. The Usual Suspects. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when I say quality, I don't want to judge anybody's movies completely at the moment of release. Which That's fair. Freezing. Uh, but I would say that there are <laughs> movies. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but I would say there are movies that. <laughs> That are right for their time, that an audience is ready for, that's in sync with the zeitgeist, and I think you need a movie whose quality is recognized at the moment of release so that it's in touch with the culture of the moment. We're at a unique moment around the planet, and certain types of movies are working better than others at this moment of time. Okay, hang Jesus. on. You said moment like 12 times in that sentence. <laughs> I know. You, you didn't give me... If you gave me one more second, I was like, oh my god, he's the sphinx from... Um, what's it called? <laughs> um, what the hell is that movie called? It's gone in 60 seconds? No. <laughs> no the, the fucking bad superhero movie with Ben Stiller and Hank Azaria. Oh, Mystery Men. Mystery Men, yes. That's, I can't think of the name. <laughs> he, he's, apparently now he's become the Sphinx for Mystery Men. That's great. And I do think Aquaman will sync up with the global culture zeitgeist of what's happening right now. Aquaman will sync is, the, is what should be paraphrased there. 
<laughs> oh my god. Oh. Yeah, so that sounded all completely serious. That didn't sound tongue in cheek at all. Not at the moment. Not at the not at this moment in time, nor at the time of this moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I got a second. I need to read that again. <laughs> yeah, read the, let's let's go back. But I would say that there are movies that are right for their time, that an audience is ready for, that's in sync with the zeitgeist. And I think you need a movie whose quality is recognized at the moment of release so that it's in touch with the culture of the moment. We're at a unique moment around the planet and certain types of movies are working better than others at this moment of time. Oh my God. Okay, so let's let's pause there for one second. That's that's four moments. Four moments in two sentences. But and one to run on. If you were to read that over again and I were to count everything that has to do with time, <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we play that game? <laughs> Please go read that one more time. Play that back. Uh, you know what? I'm actually gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna even back it up one more sentence. Okay. Oh, great. I guess I guess when I say quality, I don't want to judge anybody's movies completely at the moment of release. Oh my god! But yeah. I would say there are movies that are right for their time, that an audience is ready for, which I would say kind of counts for that this counts. as well. It counts. That's in sync with the zeitgeist. Sync. And I think. And I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need a movie whose quality is recognized at the moment of release so that it's in touch with the culture of the moment. <laughs> We're at a unique moment around the planet and certain types of movies are working better than others at this moment of time. Oh my god, nine. We almost had it. At ten, he would have won a prize. <laughs> and I do think Aquaman will sync up with the global cultural zeitgeist of what's happening right now. Ah, there it is. So that's, that's and that's 11. ten, everybody. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> eleven. Eleven. We had another syncing up with the zeitgeist. Oh, right, the syncing. And we had right now. Uh, he just did, Oh my god, that's really funny. That's great. He talked himself in all sorts of circles. To, I mean, to be fair, like if that's a if it's a verbal interview, I totally get that. You know, like that that's kind of just what happens. You're trying to get a point across. You also have a crap load of things that you can't say, so you yeah. have to stick to your like. It's I'm not knocking him at all for that. It's just no. It's, it's funny. funny as all of that is. I don't have a problem with that because yeah, it's the spoken word. We we yeah. find ourselves in that sort of situation doing this show, and we oh, yeah. are way less professional and way less you know in that realm of having to speak on the record. Um, but I do have a problem with him coming to the revelation that good movies do better. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got nothing for that. <laughs> they do. I mean, they do. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God. Time, time will tell on Justice League. That's what I got out of that. <laughs> As will the moment. As will the moment. Awesome. Uh, shall we get into our flick of the week? Yes. Hotel Artemis. This little gem. Um, this is one of those ones, I think that, did we see the trailer together during one of our outings? No, what happened was, I think I had told you that I heard about it way back. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that sounds really cool. Because it wasn't terribly long after us uh, doing John Wick. And I was like, right. oh, this looks like it's kind of going for a Wick vibe. Right, right, um, right. And you were like, yeah. And then I forgot about it. And then when the first trailer came out, you told me, and I was like, that sounds familiar. And yeah. I looked at it, I was like, oh, yeah, that was that thing that I mentioned to you, like, several months back. That That's, yeah, that's great. I, that was one of those things. As soon as, when I saw the trailer the first time, I was like, 
I am 100% sold on this movie. I am going to see it. I don't need to see the trailer again. I don't need to see another trailer. Like, just let me know when it's out. Like, that was <laughs> it. And I was, I'm all for it. And I still stand for that. Um, stand by that. So this movie is, I had a lot of fun with it. And it is, it's funny because like you had, like you had said way back when it sounds like a, like, um, like it's embodying like a John Wick vibe. And it is very John Wick-esque as it's like an evolved 90s action flick where it's like not just action. It's, you know, it's an interesting concept. It's got a weird story in this universe that is so not our universe. Like it's got great world building. Yeah. And, and this one too, you know, you're at a physical remove, whereas John Wick is basically supposed to be contemporary, whereas this uh, jumps you forward. Was it 10 years? I think it was. Yeah. It's like 28. Yeah, I thought it was yeah 2028, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so just the rundown on this flick. Uh, the Hotel Artemis is a hotel for criminals. It's where, it's where if, you, if you got hurt doing a job, you go there, you get fixed up, you, you, and you're on your way. And they got rules. This is, all you, this is really all you need to know about the movie. If you're a criminal and you get hurt, you go to a hotel. At the hotel, there are rules. Don't break those rules. <laughs> That's it. There's other stuff that goes on in between there. There's like... Um, it, and like, you know, at face value, that just sounds like a silly thing. And it, it kind of is, but that was, it was on that premise that I was sold for this movie. Um, yeah. and then we get a little bit deeper though. Each of the characters has an interesting enough backstory. Uh, they have interesting enough relationships between <clears throat> each other for it to work. The only thing that I would call out as a potential negative is of this, the movie is fairly short and I do think it's just a, because they're like, it almost feels like they're a little afraid to go too long and and ruin anything, like ruin what they've got. I think that some of the stories, I would have been okay spending more time in them and like like seeing a little bit more about where they go. But yeah, I felt the same way. This is um, actually the rare time where I wanted the movie to be a little longer. I think a lot of movies nowadays are, which is kind of paradoxical. A lot of movies tend to be longer than they need to be, even right. though we hear more and more how people's attention spans are suffering and that longer movies are not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's put a hard cap on the epic movie where we don't get a lot of three or more hour long movies, but at the same time they've raised the floor in a lot of cases. I feel like a lot of movies are two plus hours that don't need to be right. And this one is a tight 90 minute movie. Yeah. Yeah. You're in and out. Um, but yeah, I would agree. I think, this was the rare case where I actually I wouldn't have minded if it was maybe ten minutes longer. Yeah, I, you know what it is the the actors are com- like the actors and their characters are compelling enough. The storylines are interesting enough. It just it gets to the point where it's like it's almost as if they they were operating within a time block. Yeah, like that they they wanted to get the movie done in this amount of time because uh, some of the, especially one of the more interesting storylines which we'll get to when we dive into our spoiler territory it's it's a slow build and you're you know it builds mystery and intrigue throughout the movie and it kind of just comes to a tumbling close at the end and you're like oh oh okay like that's fine it's still good it's not it's not bad i would have liked it to maybe drag on a little bit more because something happened so quick that you could miss it if you're not paying attention which is just yeah there was one or two things that i was like you know I, some of it was attention on my part um, because it was just one of those things where you know you happen to, your phone goes off several times and you're making sure that nothing serious mm-hmm. is going on, right? I'll let that so, one slide. Um, yeah, 
Um, and also, I made sure that since it was a fairly empty theater, um, since I do have a penchant to go on my phone sometimes when I'm in the theater, I sat behind everyone so I wasn't upsetting anyone with my screen glare. Good man. Um, but yeah, there was one scene in particular, and actually, hopefully, maybe um, when we're talking about it, I'll, I'll be reminded of it because I, I actually can't think of what it was now. But I, I'll, I'll, not I have the, a, I have a I note for it, so we'll, we'll bring it up. Anyway, so but um, yeah. I'm just I actually I meant to write it down earlier and I forgot to. Um, but yeah, no, there was it. It was one of those things where I, I actually I thought that to a certain extent it was a strength of the movie that they left some things unspoken. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean, where it's left up to your imagination. Um, and it didn't feel like it was poor writing or that it was laziness. Some of it actually felt intentional in a good way. Yeah. Um, but in other cases, I actually wished that they had gone a little bit deeper into the details. Right. I made a note that um, a lot of the deeper plot points get rushed, but they don't get dropped. Yes. Like you you see a most of it from beginning to end, you know, like you get the whole concept. It's my, the you're only, the only thing that happens, you're robbed of a little bit more time with that idea or like with that storyline. Oh, you know, I remember what it is. I'm going to jot it down now. So I don't forget. Excellent. Excellent. Um, other two things, a couple of things to note before we get into spoiler territory. I, I really enjoyed the cinematography and the uh, production design is awesome. Like the hotel itself is great. And like, it's just yes. a really cool scene. Like, it's a really cool environment to shoot this whole thing in. And like they're, you know, it's what, like 90% of the movie takes place within the walls of the hotel of the, of the hotel. Yeah, basically. And it's, but it feels, it's funny. Cause like it is so clearly small, but it feels so big because of the stories that are filling it. Uh, I just well, really liked that. The funny thing is, is I guess since we're pre spoilers, this is the place I could say it is. It's a fairly unique like circumstance, just like kind of what, like the impressions I got of the movie as I was going on, like what it reminded me of. It was like part John Wick, as we mm. said from the beginning, part transporter. Yep. And even a little bit of, since I just recently seen it, um, the the new uh, Dread movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no, I totally little, get that. It was kind of like those three things like mashed together in some sort of weird Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ab- absolutely. And what, what's one of the cool things about it? This is a movie like about villains. The the main characters are all villains, and yet you're you're emotionally invested to some degree for each character. <laughs> yeah. Even though they're all bad guys, essentially. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's it's very it's, cool. And it's it's refreshing too. Like you know. It's everything that Suicide Squad isn't. You know, it's a cool-looking movie about a group of bad guys um, that's fun and different. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's funny. It's in a world – This I feel like this I, – I really liked this. I'm, I give this movie my endorsement. I say go see it. Um, I thought it was good. I, I didn't love it. Well, um, well, that's what I thought it was – it, it was fun and it was fine. Yes, but I, I because of what it's like, like the – the similarities between it and John Wick. I feel like if you don't have John Wick, this would stand a little bit higher because it's almost as if it's like John Wick's little brother. It's like, I could see that it's trying to live up to that, that it's like, Oh, it's, it seems like somebody that had an idea that they really wanted to play with that type of environment and storytelling, which is great. I, which I would love to see more of because it's really interesting to me. Um, when something is just like, is just out there enough where you don't need to continually like, 
parts of your mind to try to ground it in like everyday life. <laughs> like it, it, it makes it easier to accept, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think they did a really good job of it. I just think, you know, John Wick is the epitome of that, right? Like it's, it's like, that's how you do it right. Like John Wick's incredible. And I think this is a good step or a good effort to try to be that way. Yes. It's definitely capitalizing on a particular market, right? Mm-hmm. Seems that way. Which um, is good business. It is. Uh, but there also seems to be a, enough passion <clears throat> behind it that it doesn't just feel like um, first to follow. Yeah. You know? No, it definitely it can stand more or less on its own. So. Yeah. That being said, if this was a movie specifically about the Continental, I would have been all sorts of on board. <laughs> well, we're, we're getting a TV show about the Continental. Yeah, I know. Which I'll, it's I'll called watch. The Continental. Yeah. <laughs> which I will absolutely watch. Yeah, me too. I'm actually, it's, I haven't heard anything about it in a few months. I'm going to check that out after we get off the air. Hopefully that uh, doesn't fall off. Um are there any specifics you want to chat about before we... You know what? I have one thing. Uh, I had mentioned that if you if you watch the trailer for it, it's like, you know, this place has rules. And that's it. And that's that's kind of what these, these world-building movies are based on, right? There is a set of rules. You can't break the rules. If you break the rules, there are consequences. The rules are going to get broken over the course of the movie. That's just how yeah. these things play out. Um, and that was why I immediately got that John Wick transporter yeah. feel to both of those movies stand on the back of that whole thing where we have these rules. The people who are unaware or uninitiated are shocked and or impressed by those things. And in some ways it compels good behavior, but it also shows you the links that people of criminal backgrounds often find those rules to be restrictive. And there's even that line from the trailer, right? You know, your whole business is built on the back of people who break the rules for a living. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's, it's funny. I going through like while I was watching the movie, there's actually a scene and it's actually, I've luckily it's in the trailer too. Cause I was able to go back and watch, I went back and watched the trailer. Cause I thought I had seen it in there where the rules are posted on a, on a wall. And there's a quick shot of it, right? It's a, exactly. And I was like, Oh man, like there's so much text on there. I thought there's at least, a handful of clever things in there that if you were to go back and like pause and read that, like it might add to the story a little bit. Um, what I ended up doing was finding a high quality version of the trailer, blowing it up to full screen size to, to read it. It's unfortunately not great. Like it doesn't, okay. it doesn't really add anything to it. There's only, there's one that's kind of funny to me, but we'll just, I'm just going to read through them real quick. Cause it, this is not a spoiler at all. This is no, that's good because I, I definitely, I saw it, but I couldn't really get much out of it. I didn't have my contacts in and I, the theater I was in wasn't, as, as, as dumb a design of a theater as you can have where the like the lean going up to the seats was down the middle, uh, which is like the best uh, seats that you can have. Uh -huh. And I'm, it's it was a long, thin theater. So I was sitting fairly far away. Yeah, there's a theater like that near us. Um, OK, so I'm going to read through these uh, and just take note of them, because when we get into spoiler territory, we'll talk about how some of these play out. But. Uh, the first one is when on the premises, no fighting with or killing other patients. Which right. she says verbatim at one point. Yeah, I think that's like, yeah, I think that also that might be in the trailer as well. Um, no disrespectful words or actions allowed against Hotel Artemis staff. Pause she said that one. I, well. She said that one. And I'm pretty sure at some point Dave Batista says like, you can't talk to me like that. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's in the rules. <laughs> Something like that, which let's just pause there for a second because he is great. 
I find I him to be so actually funny. Actually, have to disagree. Oh no, you didn't like but him. I no, I I actually don't blame him. It's it's the script. Oh, okay. I I really liked him in this. See, I I had a line here. No, because <clears throat> you know I love him in Guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a line here referencing another movie. I said they did not let him. He's a peacock, and they did not let him fly. <laughs> Is that the uh, other guys? Yep. That's <laughs> stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, no guns. No, I thought I thought that he was really held back by the script. I didn't think that. He's, mute, he's muted, but I feel like he's kind of supposed to be. He's just like... No, because when it was clearly setting up that here's a line, I know he's playing a different character, right? He's playing a little bit more like quiet, sensitive character. When it's like, oh, here comes a line for him. It, like, he's, like, everything that's, like, with him as Drax is there, but the line isn't. Mm. All right, well, we'll we'll get into that when we get into spoiler territory because there's there is something about that that I did really enjoy. Um, the next rule is no guns or any type of weapon permitted through the gate. Important as we get into this, like how is shit going to go down if there's no weapons involved? Um, membership must be paid in full and in advance. We get some information about that. Prior but lapsed members will not be admitted. No photography or video allowed. This is the one that really made me chuckle as I read through it. No outside food or drink. I feel like they needed to <laughs> fill in a spot on that board. So they just like took a generic rule from most places, yes. <laughs> which, which I thought was really funny. Um, absolutely no visitors, which manifests itself in visiting hours or never. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like that was probably his only really good. No, no. There, we'll get into it after the spoilers, but there's he has a very good line. Uh, <laughs> if members... If member is found to have compromised or led to the compromise of location, membership will be destroyed. Okay, this place is very secret. Like, you know, like if you were to just be able to get a chance to read these, you get a, a little bit of a sense of where some of it's going. Luckily, they kind they do touch on all of these. So they're they are accurate with the way the movie plays out. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Hotel Artemis rules are final and non-negotiable. That's the one that's kind of funny. It'd be nice if you had a little bit of focus on that piece before um pulling away from the, like from that placard that's on the wall but yeah. uh those are the rules that that's like that's what everything is like this is a it's a secret place criminals are welcome there's a membership there's membership dues it's like an exclusive club and they'll take care of you if you get hurt yeah it's like a country club yeah it's kind of it's kind of funny um but anyway like yeah, like i said had a really good time with this movie uh would definitely recommend it if you're interested in that type of flick like a john wick or a uh, a more modern, evolved version of like a '90s action flick. It doesn't have the depth nope. of world and lore that John Wick does, nor the depth of writing. But I did find it entertaining and enjoyable. And even though I knew it wasn't meant to be high art, I did have, in some ways, a little bit higher expectations about some bits of the movie. Yeah, that I felt were a little, I was a little bit disappointed in, but. I, I did enjoy the movie. It was fun. If you're looking for a movie that takes place in a singular location, my first vote would be Free Fire. Yeah. But this <laughs> this, a, this that's works. That's a very different movie than this yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Oh, man. There's some I, similarities, but yeah. a lot of difference. There, there are definitely some similarities to, like, to the point where I just really want to watch Free Fire again. <laughs> oh, I got to – you know what? I have to track down that rumor as well. Remember I, I mentioned, I think, on the show a couple months ago that there was um, – there was some rumor going around that the director of that movie was possibly being looked at to direct 
a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I think you did and say I'm, that. I'm really on board for that if that's yeah, true. I would, I would absolutely watch that. Um, ooh, I think I have one more note before getting into spoilers. Uh, I, the character, the cast and character chemistry, I think, is pretty solid throughout. Yes, yes. Um, now, that is definitely a strength of the movie. They, they do a good job of, of creating backstories and then kind of intertwining them throughout. Surprisingly so. Um, yeah. But uh, even more than that, I did think that a lot of the on-screen chemistry was good. Yeah. Cool. Shall we dive into spoiler territory? Yeah, you know, this final result of this beer is it's actually, it scalded my tongue a little bit like a chemical burn. That's kind of what it feels like. That's why I haven't finished the rest of it so far. I thought it was just my reaction to it. I just did so that I would stop um, drinking it. Yeah. Like if I drink all of it, then I can't be drinking it anymore. Makes sense, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? We've always thought of things a little bit differently around here. So <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow just it. adding to that legacy. All right. Um, so with that, let's lift the veil. We are in full spoiler territory. Uh, I want to jump right back to Dave Bautista's lines that I thought were really funny. Um, okay. The repetition of I am a healthcare professional was really funny to me. And that, that happened, like I think, like four or five times. <laughs> it could have been less, but it felt that way. Up until the point where, um, who was it who cut him off when he was going to say it? Was it uh, Sophia Patella? No. Um, was it the cop? Uh, maybe it was the cop. Like, it's like, save me your spiel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that, like, it was just, he points, you see this badge? <laughs> he points yeah. to it. It's like, I am a healthcare professional. And, like, it's, it's like, hey, it, I it's like you're, here. you are so not. <laughs> but it, I just, I love that you're trying this hard. <laughs> yes. And I thought that was, that was really funny. Um, the other, he says that line early in the movie, and it leads to another great line, which is when he carries the guy outside that is not going to be allowed in because his membership has lapsed, and the guy jumps on his back and he stops him. He goes, when I walk away, don't jump on my back. If you do, I'm going to fuck you up for real this time. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really that funny. That was pretty good, yeah. All of his delivery is just it, – it's monotone. Yeah. Like he just he just says it straight out like that and it's well i mean that's his thing is his deadpan is incredible yeah and it in it the perfect example of it is um body acting which i like the physical acting i always love in comedy scenes there's the scene where charlie day's character is sitting on the couch with his feet up he's got his feet up on the couch and he says hey do you put your dirty boots on the couch in your house and he goes charlie day responds hey go fuck yourself <laughs> and he he doesn't respond but he deflates size and walks off screen <laughs> it's just so <laughs> silly and like that he's like he's very much like the comic relief for a lot of the scenes throughout the movie yeah i mean he's definitely settled into like that's his wheelhouse right yeah and it, he and he does own it yeah i i really i really enjoy that and it, it does all but to that point all it does is make me want more drax yes because Drax is just such a great character. Also, I don't know. I'm gonna have to look up what his official height is because I don't know if they undersell his height in Guardians so that he doesn't seem that much more intimidating than everyone else, or like mm -hmm. if it's like a if it's like part of Chris Pratt's contract where like they can't make him look short, <laughs> or if they put extra lifts on him in this movie because he's he lives up to the moniker Everest in this. He's fucking huge. Yeah, that's a great name that you gave him. 
Yes, I I do I do really like that. I also I love that's here. Let's he start towers over everyone in this movie, and that's but, why I'm confused. Is, did they make him taller in this, or did they make him look shorter in Guardians? I don't know, but he is also he's just a giant teddy bear, for the most part. Yeah, except for that scene with that one guy where he threatens him. But he like but like that like he he's like this big hulking guy. But yeah, he's like he's super sweet to the nurse, and it's just like they like this really sweet relationship between them. That's one of the awesome on screen like relationships that is just well that that was I, one I really of my enjoy. notes too i said that was like i was like oh that was such a sweet but fucked up relationship yeah <laughs> oh yeah a hundred percent it was it was great uh because oh, both of them are like tender with each other yep but you know that the two of them are like dealing with murderers and rapists and shit like that and yeah. like brutally doing surgery and shit like that and they're gonna be he's ready to put someone down if they're not in line with the rules, right? Yep. But, like, it's almost like a touching, like, mother and son type relationship. Yeah, it's it's charming. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, Sterling K. Brown, I really enjoy him. I, I watched This Is Us. I love him on that. Um, yeah, see, I don't watch. So I know a lot of people like him on that, though. He was uh, he had a short and sweet role in, <laughs> in Black Panther. Eh, mostly um, short. Yeah, but there's just one thing that remains true in all of his performances, whether it's a heartfelt scene, a comedy, or drama, or anything. He is, and he's just ridiculously intense. <laughs> he's just oh, you yeah, know, he brings it a hundred percent at all times. That much I can tell with what little I've seen of him on screen. Yeah, he he sells it though, and yeah. it's 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 solid. No, he's. I would. I wouldn't say that he's like ever overacting, but he's just like he. You. I. I have not seen. And again, I have not seen very much of him. I've seen him in this. I've seen him in that his fairly small role in Black Panther, and I've seen very small bits and pieces of him in in This Is Us. And he does not mail in any scenes that right. I've seen. It's like the direction was all right. You're you're torn up. You're broken in this scene. I'm gonna be the most torn up, broken person you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like that's. I feel like that's his approach. Yeah, <laughs> and it, you know it, it does work. I and um, let's dive into some of these things where we were talking about how like how I mentioned like the plot points they get rushed but they don't get dropped. Like there's there's one thing that I thought was really interesting, and that was the pen vault with the diamonds in it. Yeah, I was actually confused by that at first until like the more and more I thought about, it, I was like, oh, he took that from that guy in the bank. That makes sense. Right, and it's, I was like, well, I was like, when did he get this? Why? Why is everyone so? Folk- why does everyone know what this pen is except for me? Oh, okay. So yeah, that that you maybe you just missed that scene where he pulled it out of his pocket. Yeah, no, I like. I mean, I remember him when they were like, okay, like like these guys are clearly locking up the stuff, the valuables for people to to hide it from rioters. They're you know, it's all you know, millionaires who had their was it maids and lawn cutters, right? Yep. Like carry all their stuff, and that guy was clearly sticking out like a sore thumb and he recognizes it as he's walking past and makes note to take the stuff from him. But I just, I didn't, it took me a little longer than it should have to put two and two together and realize exactly what was going on with that. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the brother takes the pen, the guy's like, you don't want to do that. And he's like, I really do. (laughs) And he takes the pen and like puts them in this really shitty situation. But what I liked about the pen was it was almost like this uh, Pulp Fiction briefcase thing, like throughout the majority of like, I don't know, the first two-thirds of the movie, maybe less. But, like, you do find out what's in it, which is cool. Uh, I expected it to play a bigger role, 
at that point. Yes. And in the end, it doesn't actually play that big of a role. But what it does show you is exactly how far Sterling K. Brown's character will go to like, he's going to stick with his brother. He's going to stick by his side. Like, this is the, like, you, his brother was so wrong and should have known. But okay, like, this is what I got to do for my family. Like, like that's what it showed you. That's what, like, the purpose of that piece was, I feel like. Yeah. And, it like, you'd think that it would tie more into the, what was it, the wolf, what's his name? The wolf king? Yeah. The wolf king be like, coming in later or, like, even his cronies being around. And it ties in a little bit to the point of, like, he's avoiding them. But it never really, it never is that big of a deal for him. I never really understood it, honestly, during the run of it, why he it was like, oh, we, we got to get out of here, this and that, like. How the fuck were they gonna know that he had it? Like, if he just minded his own business, that's the rules of the place, right? Well, I I would imagine that the guy that had it taken off of him could tell them what they looked like. Probably, Maybe, but considering honestly, it, I I consider that, but I don't think that really rings true when you consider what's going on outside of the building. Well, if he if he figured out or if he followed them out, because I'm sure that his ass is on the line now that he lost his pen. If he followed them out or looked and saw that they got hurt, he knows exactly where they're going. Maybe um, that could be it. But, you know, could he, did he actually be able to was he able to, to come out and follow him and see that was going on? Right. Would he have even been able to get in touch with the Wolf King considering the absolute chaos that was going on in the city. Right. I the Wolf King might have other know. things on his mind, having that he was on the brink of death and coming to the, <laughs> the hospital for all this stuff, you know, or the hotel for all this stuff. It just seemed like a bit of a stretch that right. he would just like, it almost seemed like this sort of like, I'm like, is he psychic that he's just going to know he's got this thing? Like I was well, just, it's it, also, it also could just be the gravity of the situation where there's, they just fear the Wolf King that much where they're like, I just the fact that I'm this close to this thing makes me feel like my life is over. That's, I mean, I can understand that to a certain extent. It's if it's just, just even, even regardless of having that thing, if it was just, hey, we don't want to be here when he is there. Yeah. I guess I can understand that. It just, it didn't really click for me. I don't know. It, I don't know why. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, like I said, like it doesn't end up. It ends up not really playing a role. That much. Yeah. Um, it's kind of. It kind of drops off by the end. Yeah, I felt um, like a lot of hype for no real stakes. The only thing that it really did was it introduced you to like the fact that like or it tried to show you how terrified people are of this guy, and it also showed you how far his character will go for his brother. Yeah, I, and That's from really that standpoint, it. like you know, I that, that all makes sense. Um, but you know, I want to like jumping ahead, like showing like little things that happen that like don't feel like they have a big impact but are just like I feel like just enough to give you a little bit more about another character the whole the whole cop like saving the girl cop um Mona Lisa Saperstein yes Jenny uh, Slate thank you uh, <laughs> saving Jenny from from outside I don't know what happened to her she was like beat up or something um bringing her in going through the risk you start to find out a little bit more about the nurse's story through her but mm-hmm. you don't actually end up finding out that much about her you get the you just find out she was her old neighbor it was the son's friend they used to be friends the son is dead that's that's really all you get out of that yeah and, that that still confused me a little bit uh, and actually that was the thing that i marked down was like i got 
I, I was expecting something slightly different in their the two of theirs relationship. Yeah. Um, I'm still not 100% sure how she got to the revelation that he killed her son. Uh, that's the one that I was talking about. That if you're not paying really, really close attention, it happens too quick and you miss it. Yeah. I mean, I'm because the, the two of them were talking on the radio, and when she's done with the radio conversation is when she confronts him about it. But I And I thought I was following along closely enough, but I was a little distracted. Yeah, so, so I'll I'll get to we'll talk about that in a second because that was the third that was the third point I've had about like the these plot points getting rushed, but um what happens with her though there's nothing really that important that happens with the cop, the only you get a little bit of insight and like it, it pushes the story along so that you you kind of get a background of what happened to Jodie Foster's character the nurse's character, what one of the things that it really did for me was when um, Everest is pushing her through the halls. Mm-hmm. And what is Sterling K. Brown's character's name in this? And I don't know. How, like, I feel weird calling him Sterling. So he's Waikiki. He's Waikiki. Waikiki, right? Um, so Waikiki <laughs> is as he's walking down the hallway, he he notices her, and he notices that she's a cop based on her boots, and he doesn't he doesn't care. And it's like kind of shows you start to learn a little bit more about the caliber of this character. It's like I'm on my business. Like I'm not here to stir anything up. Like I'm here to fix my brother up and get out of this life and he's also yeah the quote-unquote honorable one of the whole bunch yes. you know what i mean yeah and it's i feel like that's just another another thing that the cop character stands for is just like to to push his character along like to make sure that you understand out of these terrible people he's supposed to come across as the good guy even though he yeah. is a villain yeah he's supposed to be almost like the robin hood type of character right yeah um, yeah, no, she isn't so much a character as a plot point. Right. It's interesting. Um, but, and not, not just one single singular plot point too. Cause like you said, she actually carries out several. She advances the plot with the nurse. Mm-hmm. She reveals kind of as a foil almost, um, what Waikiki is all about as well as to a certain extent, what Everest is all about. Right. Yeah, and it, it it's just yeah, she's she's like a device that character is just like a device. Yeah, she's a plot it, device. Yeah, it's great. Um I'm fine with that. At it at first I was like, Oh, like where's this going? And when when she's like off screen for the last time, I was like, Oh, oh weird. But then like going back and thinking about it, it's like, oh okay, that kind of works. Like it pulls these these threads together for us, which I which I actually enjoy in the end. Um but jumping back to your point about like the other part of that, this is this is a thing that's rushed. When the Wolf King is on the table mm-hmm. and Jodie Foster's character calls him out for killing her son or like, how did you know my son type thing? He says the son's name. Oh, did he? And she go. he like kind of. Oh, yeah, I heard out. her say I never said his name. And I was a little I was like, wait, when did he say his name? I must have missed. That. Yeah, he's like he's a kind of mumbling and he's like something like Bo, like good kid or something whatever he says i don't remember the exact line but. oh it's, see yo that was the other thing is i you know i knew there was supposed to be some sort of rel- i actually couldn't understand what it was that he was saying yeah i don't he was kind of loopy but he did say the kid's name and he said something about him um but and it, well, another thing that was a little frustrating that was makes that, sense then if i had under if i had been able to understand what it was he was mumbling then i would have got it i didn't realize yeah. That that was what was going on. Okay. Yeah, that's what he he says his name, and the she's like, I never told you his name, and that's how that whole thing unfolds. But another annoying thing was his name was Bo. The cop's name is Mo, I think. 
Yeah, because she was Morgan. It was just, just I was like, with and with Jodie Foster's weird accent, it was a little annoying. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I, yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on there too, because I was like, "Wait, is the son's name Mo or is it?" Or, I, know, I, was, I was I was like, "Is it Bo or is it Paul?" Like I'm a little, because yeah, like she she put like a weird like, I don't know, like inflection on her voice or whatever. I wouldn't really yeah. say accent per se, but yeah, it is strange. The you know what I did like, I thought was kind of artfully done. Was the scene under the dock? Yes. Um, we keep getting that scene over and over again. It's different every time, just a little different every time until we get the final scene. And it's like, wow, like what a progression! Like that's really, I thought that was actually really well done. Yeah, that actually fooled me because I thought the whole thing was gonna be like he stepped on a needle or something. No, I thought it was gonna be that the cop Morgan was supposed to be like watching him or something. And that he was like, because it looked like they were kind of playing like hide and seek, that like yeah. the way it was tracking yeah. behind him. I thought he found a body and then was killed because he saw too much. Oh, uh, gotcha. And it was on her watch. And I was assuming that was what it was going to be all about. Yeah. But then once they revealed that that's how it all went down, like that it was kind of a, it was almost um, a memento esque. Yeah. It was, um, it was well done that scene. I, I, camera tricks. Mm-hmm. That would yeah, it was that was really cool. Once it was done like that, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool too. Okay. Yeah, like the way the way it plays out is like he's kind of running on the beach, having a good time. Um, the next time you see it, it's kind of just the dock and the waves crashing up against it, and then another scene of him standing under the dock, and then the next scene that you see is just the needle on the floor, and then you see it again, and he's standing still where the needle was, and in the final scene, it's an older person in i think the same clothes if i remember correctly no see that was a threw me he was running around he was running under the dock mm-hmm. wearing a red shirt oh okay and he runs past a column yes out of sight and then yeah. you see a body laying in a white yeah, yeah, t-shirt that for that final one well you see it twice you see that yeah. and that's why it was i thought it was about gonna be like him seeing too much i i just he runs out of sight and as he gets out of sight the camera pans Right. And you don't see him, you just see the body, and then they cut that at that point, and then they come back to it later, and they show it the whole way that way, and it's like, oh, or they flashed it, like, like I, that's why it reminded me of Memento, they flashed it, mm-hmm. like when, well, I don't want to, if anyone hasn't seen mm-hmm. Memento, I don't want to spoil it for, but that, seen Memento, go see Memento. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, I know what the you're talking about. particular flash of the camera that I'm yeah. talking about, so. Uh, but, um, yeah, that, 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 I thought that was really well done, I just remember, like, when it happened, I went, oh, no. And then, and then I finally understood exactly what was going on. I was like, this is just, this is brutal. But the Wolf King character is really funny because I had seen the trailer, like I said, a long time ago. And I haven't seen the trailer since. And I forgot that Jeff Goldblum was in the movie. And when this was happening and the character was like, they were driving the character up and they was coming on screen. It's like we were about to find out who it was. I was like, who, who, what awesome person is this going to be? I was like, is this going to be like a Harvey Keitel? Is this going to, because I forgot completely. And then when it was him, I was like, oh, you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> no, see, I remember that he was going to be in it and I, I knew he was at some point. Um, but they did a little bit of trailer trickery. I won't say that like the trailer lied, but the way they cut it, yeah. it made that scene that he was in in the trailer look a little different than what it was that actually ends up going down. Mm-hmm. The so, rules without the rule breakers, honey, where would you be? <laughs> yes, because the way that that trailer is cut and everything, there's no indication that he's injured and more like mortally wounded. Right. 
Yeah. Um, so I was a little curious to see how that all shook out. I thought he was going to be part of some sort of warring faction that was in there. So right. I knew he was still going to be in it. But when they first, and I was still, I was playing a little catch up at the beginning when he, when Zachary Quinto made the call saying about the Wolf King coming and this and that. And I was like, it was only after like, they were finally getting there before they showed him that I was like, oh, that's got to be who Jeff Goldblum was. Because I was assuming that, right. that he was going to be in the movie and then someone else was going to be revealed as the Wolf King. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I, thinking back on the trailer, and I had rewatched the trailer a few times today when I was trying to pull some things together. Uh, I do remember thinking like more along the lines of, oh, this kind of feels like a free fire. Like it feels like the, all of this is going to take place almost in the same room with a lot of crazy tension and fighting going between these characters, but it doesn't play out that way at all. The, the yes, trailer I was, does I was also, that way. Yes, that was the, it was that whole scene with him looking through yeah. the, the slats there that I thought that that was going to be the case. Right, right, for sure. I, I was totally on the same page with you on that one. Um, interesting though. But his his character, I oh, man, I love Jeff Golden so much. I was a little. I ultimately ended up being a little disappointed with how short his role in this was, and 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 really the character is just Goldblum being Goldblum. Yep. Um, which at this stage in his career, that's probably enough for the most part, right? Yep. Especially in a smaller role, mm-hmm. like if he was doing that across an entire movie, maybe it would get a little old. What about what about his role in Grand Budapest? Well, that's what I'm saying. He's always oh, very short roles. You know so what I mean? Great. It's so great. Because he entertained me a lot in that, but I feel like if he had more screen time in Great Budapest, he would have annoyed me. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got it. He's he's a small dose kind of guy. But I I do think that they wasted him just a teeny bit. But even more so, Zachary Quinto. Like they could have put anyone. Yeah, like that that like secondhand crony guy could have played that character instead. Yeah. And it would have been fun. Yeah, that was that was a little silly. Um, his character was a little was a little over delivered. Um, it's like, but it's it's whatever. I didn't really care. It wasn't terribly offensive to me. <laughs> no, it wasn't offensive. It just kind of was a little bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, it was weird. We get the we do get the we get to see Jeff Golden be like kind of a dick in a really great way. Like the character be a dick. With the I mean, he's usually kind of a dick. Yeah, but like with the line, what is, I forget what the son says. Like that's like when I knew like I had to do whatever. He's like, that's the thing that makes you soft or something like that. And I was oh, like, oh, burn. It was, it was it was that that that's when I realized I I wanted to grow up and be just like you or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he said, and that's why you grew up soft. <laughs> yeah, things like, like like lines like that or words like sayings like that. Oh my god, that and was then, that and then follows like, it right burn. up with here in case I don't make it take this. Hopefully you'll be able to figure out what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, but it's just but with, but what he's really saying is, you were such a disappointment. <laughs> and then he walks out of the room <laughs> like that's it's 100%. terrible. Oh my god! But yeah, you're right. And he is Jeff Goldblum is like underutilized in the movie. Like, like he's in the movie for maybe like a what like a grand total of like eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, if, if like that. that, and probably four of those minutes he's kind of unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's. It's still fun though when he is on screen. I do. I love him. Oh yeah. Uh, let's talk about Charlie Day though, <laughs> because uh, my note on him was Charlie was something. He, he was something. He was. <laughs> he was just like. I'm not sure what it is that he was, but he was something. He was awful. Like yeah, it wasn't he, that great, unfortunately. No, he was. He was good at being an awful person. <laughs> uh, he yeah, he was all right. I mean. 
I I've watched all of Always Sunny, so yeah. I and I love that show, and he's funny in that, and yeah. like I enjoy him in Horrible Bosses, and I've never seen Pacific Rim, so I don't know, but um, he was a little annoying, and not yes. in like the Charlie Day annoying. He was just kind of annoying. <laughs> Right, but I, he was. I feel like that was the intention of the character, though. He was just. Oh yeah, no, you're definitely not supposed person. to like him. Yeah. Um. And yeah, and he's you know he's kind of one dimensional. He's just this shitty arms dealer guy, <laughs> and he's like he thinks he's hot shit, <laughs> and only when he's when he's safe with his weapons. <laughs> Why you act like you're superior to me? You are not superior to me. Yeah. <laughs> what is the line? I think I wrote it down. Let me double check real quick. Uh, he's like, I gotta kill you now. I really don't want to do that because I feel like we got chemistry. <laughs> yes. That was that was really. No, no, wait, wait, is that? I, no, I thought you said. I feel like we could have worked something out. Yeah, but now <laughs> I gotta shoot you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that that was kind of funny. I love the uh, that scene though with the three of them. It's him, Sophia Butella, and uh, Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, that's a good scene. When yeah, the Charlie Day and and what's his cat? What's his character's name? So I can shorten this up a little bit. Uh, I don't know because they were all named after like locations. All right, Acapulco, uh, Acapulco. Acapulco, and Nice were to- were to- were chatting, and he was being a dick as you- as he is throughout the entire movie. And Waikiki comes into the room, and he's like, uh, like he like you can tell on his face, like I don't want to be in this room, <laughs> but I could really use that coffee. Like that's oh, yeah, <laughs> no, the first time. Yeah, no, that scene was good. <laughs> <laughs> and he like slowly makes his way into the room while this like tense scene is happening and he just pours the coffee and then he makes too much noise. <laughs> uh, he had that like great like where it's like it is over the top but it's supposed to be like they just had to make coffee makers that talked and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That that was great though. And I really liked the the Waikiki and Nice background story. Like they're like into each other, but they're in this lifestyle, and it's not going to work because they're on two ends of the lifestyle. But they kind of wanted to like it's this interesting romance story that happens within all of this nonsense that's going on. That did end up being surprisingly compelling. I didn't yeah. expect any of that to end up reg- like registering for me that much, right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, that ended up being surprisingly, and again, it, it's just the chemistry between all of these actors and actresses ended right. up being really good because, yeah, the same thing, like, even the scene, like you said, the, the first part of that scene when, when he interrupts him getting the coffee and then later on um, the conclusion of all of that when he ends up ultimately killing Acapulco, like, yeah, that whole scene too, like, all three of them were good in that and it was a cool little bit of, you know, surprise and betrayal and this and that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where he shoots him in the back and it's unexpected and then he's not dead because he's wearing a Kevlar suit vest. Not even like a not even a like a, a bulletproof vest. He's wearing a bulletproof suit vest. Right. Which is uh, which is great. Also I did kind of get a kick out of <laughs> out of him <laughs> when she walks in the room and he goes, nice and she goes, actually it's produced uh, pronounced niece and he goes, No, I was talking about your butt. Like Yeah, that is that's terrible. <laughs> It was one of those. It's so bad that it's good lines. Yeah, you know, it's the. I think her character was the best, though. The I liked the story of like the assassin that like the high end assassin. Yeah, and like, also not like, a high end escort, a high end assassin. <laughs> her disgust at what it was that she had to do, not yeah. the killing, just what like the details surrounding the fact that like what's going on, like you yeah. know, he wants me to like record it so that he can like get off to it, and it's. 
the fuck? Well, she <laughs> like, I'll kill the guy. Like, I'll kill him dead, but... She's, what does she say? Oh, she's like, I need, like, a... I'm... I'm re- I require, like, a 30% raise because of the inconvenience. Uh, and, inconvenience for me because she had to kill him. And you're and, disgusting. And you're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought was great. Like, that was that was a cool thing because, like, that's that was, like, the world building done right where it's, like, here's the thing, like... She has this bionic eye. It's a recording device because she is in this specific, like, high end of assassins that does things this way, has to record the kill and she, all this she stuff. She is the business. And she's the business. And, but that's it. Like, we're not giving you any more. Like, just here, like, the John Wick style of accept this as the thing and you'll be good. Yeah. And I think they did that best with her character. And also that, like, they found ways to kind of seamlessly call back to that because when Sterling K. Brown says, you know, oh, I uh, saw the implant, you know, what's it for? Like, you know, it's something that's, like, it's all, like, it's not a commonplace thing in the world, but he's of that world, so it's common to him or that it's something that he would notice or pick up on, but he's the only one who would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also further cementing the whole backstory between the two of them. Yeah. I... Yeah, I, I really I enjoyed that a lot. I, I also enjoyed like to just to prove their like that they are actually like very much into each other, like how she stays behind to keep people away while the doc saves him and gets him out of there. I'm glad you brought her up too though, because I what by the time that that her time on screen was over, I was thinking, Man, like she's kind of like become on her own like she's a certified like action star. Yeah. 100%. She's really good. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Kingsman, Atomic Blonde, this like yes, kicking ass and like in all of them. Like, and that's uh, I think a failing a lot of times in action movies with where they cast women in that sort of roles. Not that I have a problem with that part of it. I just think a lot of times they end up being miscast. They they pick actresses who can't sell it, mm-hmm. and she can sell it. She she. She looks natural doing it. You know right. what I mean? Or the Not intention they... of the writing in a lot of cases is kind of just objectify the character. Like it's, but in this, they're making No, but there's it a lot character. of times where it's like, you know, you can see like they're setting up an action scene mm-hmm. for certain actresses and it's like, you can very clearly see the cuts between what's her and what's the stunt double. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, there's her moving in a certain way and then there's a stunt double moving in a certain way. Like she handles the physicality of the role. Yeah. Very, very well. Agreed. Where it's, I, I, I can have total buy-in of her kicking ass in a hallway like that. You know what I mean? That scene was crazy. Yeah. That hallway scene was was really well done. Like this, which that's that's become like its own genre now. Like the the hallway fight scene. Yeah, tight space fight scene. Like because it's a big thing they do in all like the Marvel shows on Netflix. Yep. Um, like every single show has yeah, it. Yeah, that, that was like twice. the great the great thing in this first season of Daredevil was the continuous shot of the fight scene down the hallway where they used multiple people to play the character so that they could jump through it. Yeah, that was that was badass. <laughs> no, the, I mean they had decent choreography in this, not up to the character, you know, up, not up to to the uh, the standard of the John Wick sets, but like still very good in its own right and she very much lived up to it and i was really impressed with that like you've seen bits of it in kingsman and you saw a little bit more um in atomic blonde but this one i like i totally buy in like anything she's and i know she was in what's it called as well although i've never seen uh star trek into darkness and Mm -hmm. i've seen little clips that i know that she's 
handles the physical part of that role as well. She's really good. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. Um, I had one thing that I wrote down that I was concerned with because I and I tried to justify it, and I I could convince myself enough to let it go. The three D printed gun. Yeah. Bullets. What about them? Where'd they come from? High powered spring. Like, was it, did they make a spring bullet in the gun? I don't know. Uh, there's definitely something going on there. Um, it's almost silent when it shoots. That's the only reason why I think that, that might be the case. That's why I'm saying, well, no, it could be a pneumatic thing. It could be air pressure based. Yeah. But did the printer make them? I would assume so. It made the rest of the gun. Yeah. Weird. I'm, 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 I'm yeah, not, it's not a deal breaker. <laughs> I'm assuming there's probably not gunpowder in that, right, to be right. made as right. part of the 3D printer. So I'm not sure. You're right. I, I did have a thought about that as well. And the way when it goes off, it doesn't sound like the report is not as loud as actual gunfire. Right. It's so like, there's clearly something going on there. Yep. It's weird. Um. So, yeah, I was curious about that as well. Um. But I think there's just kind of a certain level of buy-in you have to have yep. at that point. Which I'm, you know, I'm fine with. I'm not, it's not going to, I'm not going to harp over it. But, uh. The other, the other scene that I really love, back to like the, the three of them um, in the room when Waikiki takes uh, Acapulco's wallet. Mm-hmm. That, like, I know it's happening, and it just the fact that like I kind of know what's going down in that scene just makes it so much better because he's just being, he's like touchy-feely, like he's got his hand on his shoulder, and like then he walks away, and then he pulls out the wallet. I was like, ah, oh, it's perfect. That's <laughs> perfect. Um, and then I thought it was, I thought it was cool how that like, that playing card that he was playing with tied into the 3d printer. Like it was like kind of like a hack device. Oh, is that what that was? I saw him take it apart and then I, I I must've like lost track of that, but yeah, I didn't actually, I didn't realize that that's what was going on with that. Yeah. He used that in the 3d. He printed. So that was like his like schematic or whatever. Yep. Yep. I was curious about that part of it as well. Cause I'm like, okay, they got a 3d printer and they're not allowed to have weapons. So obviously she shouldn't have, you know, that queued up to be made. So I was just wondering if, if he had some design on him or whatever, or this and that. Right. So wait, so he took that off of um, Acapulco? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense then, because I was a little curious was, why he had the exact same gun later on as well. Yeah, it was the, uh, if you, it's it's actually the ace that he was playing with when he okay. was sitting on the couch. But that that is silly. Um. Yeah. Uh, you, what else you got? You got anything else? Well, I actually, you, you know, you were starting to, to dabble in it with it as well, and I want to finish up the Sophia Batella yeah. um, topic, but uh, about them with with the end of her as well as um, Everest's time on screen. That was, I actually thought, in favor of the whole maybe let's hold some details back sort of situation. Us not seeing the end of them on screen, I actually thought was a strong point. Because we got, what? Yeah. Yes, I thought that was a strong point, but we also know that they both make it out. Well, we don't know that. We do. Why do you say that? They There was one scene plus the lights going on at the end. Well, there was the lights going on, but I... Was that... And then in, in the post credit scene, you see Dave Bautista cleaning something up, and you see her character swoop across the screen. Oh, see, I didn't see him. I saw the the flash of movement across the screen. I didn't even see him in there. Yeah, I think he's in the background, like, picking something up off the floor. 
Okay, again, that I think that played into me because I was looking at the screen. I was focusing on yeah. it once I realized they were it doing it. It was very quick. I again, that was just I think for me being in the less than ideal theater sure. situation. Um, so I was curious. I, you know, that was a note I had was you know I wonder who that was supposed to be. Um, and I guess I, maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention, but I saw someone throw the breaker, and I actually thought it was the nurse because she was close enough to the thing when the light came on. No, she's the the when the light goes on, the nurse is outside and looks up at the light and smiles. But she was like right there. But the thing is, they show a scene of it turning on, and mm-hmm. then they show her on the street and the light turning on. Yeah. So I had wondered whether that had been her or not. But I, again, I also that was I was a little distracted at that moment in time. So, um. That makes more sense. And okay, so I was wondering about that. They clearly set it up where if they wish, they could do yeah. a sequel to this. I, I don't think that it's necessary. No. Um, I don't think it'll happen either. If it does happen, it'll end up being like a, I feel like a straight to video or on demand or something like that. I suppose that would be possible, yeah. Um, but you're not going to get the same cast, I don't think, if you do that. So Maybe not. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I could see... At least Dave Bautista maybe being game for it. Yeah, I'm I'm happy though with it ending the way that it did and it just being over. I'm gonna be honest. I'm just surprised in general that Jodie Foster did this movie like in any form hmm. because she's been um, very reclusive for about ten years now. Like she's done a couple of things, but not much. Yeah, and she's been picky, and I think she's also done a fair amount of work behind the camera. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I I was entertained by her. I was I was just I was it was a a pleasant surprise seeing her in this role at all. Yeah, it was cool. I I did I liked the character. I like I enjoyed watching the character. I wouldn't say I liked the character, but yeah, <laughs> it's like a weird thing. Um, she has one really really great line though. There's no water in L.A., but it's raining assholes in here. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> Um, but I yeah, no, I that. actually liked that they, you know, they showed the two of them kicking ass and then yeah. they showed them with nearly insurmountable odds and you're just kind of assumed that they're probably not going to make it. And then in the end, it seems, I guess, that you would lean on towards them being all right and that maybe it'll be business going on. Right. But yeah, because the way it's set up and the way that it goes down, you're perfectly okay with accepting them going down the blaze of glory. Yes, because it's like they've done what they had to do and they kind of they either restored their honor or live with honor or whatever. And actually that was kind of heartbreaking that she, I know what she basically said. If you think that it was that I'm the reason that your brother died, then, you know, go ahead and do what you got to do. But, but the fact is, I mean, she did unintentionally kill him. Right. But it's just, it's all the, the collection of choices that you've made in your life that led you to that point. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually did think that was a pretty good scene. That is good. Definitely. But I, I kind of like that, that that was a, just kind of faded to black on the two of them. And they mm-hmm. didn't, you don't know what 100%, like, because you don't really need to. At that yeah, point. Like, you don't need to. And I actually, I would have been okay without the post credit scene and without the idea that they might be okay. I was okay. I was accepting that they were out, but. I'm good with it either way. Yeah. I just thought that it was, it was one of the rare times where holding something back, I think, worked out in that yeah, way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was well done. Cool. What else you got? Um, no, I think that's probably about it, actually. Sweet. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Flicks in a Six. Thank you for joining us. If you want to keep the conversation going, I'm at AEJ Costanzo on Twitter and Instagram. Al is at AlessandroB1187. Check back in next week for hopefully Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. If not, 
we'll probably post sooner about what it's going to be um, if we change it up. But until next time, cheers. <laughs>